Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. I love sharing Torah classes, and thank you for listening to this episode. Feel free to follow and to share with others so they too can enjoy the Torah classes on this podcast. Now, on to the episode. Today's Daf Meseches Gitin is Daf Pevav, 86. We're going to have four sections in today's Daf. First section we're going to deal with is three types of Gitin that are possible on a rabbinic level, but since they're kosher on a Torah level, and Daraisa, if she would remarry after receiving that get, her children wouldn't be considered mamzerim. Uh, we'll see what these three examples are. Belaz is going to argue in our Mishnah, and we'll see in the Gemara why three other Mishnayas we learned earlier aren't included, as well as why the numbers of our Mishnahs our Mishnah is stated in order to exclude certain cases. Okay, the second section we're going to deal with is the extent and ramifications of our Mishnah, meaning uh, what exactly is the cases of our Mishnah, as well as will she have to be divorced or not when it comes to these types of gitin if she would remarry afterwards. Third section we're going to deal with is the Psak, and this really is a sum, it sums up the halacha of the major machlokas or Belazar and Rameyer regarding what's the integral part of a get. And then the fourth section is going to be the new mission at the bottom of Pevav Mudbeis, which will introduce a new topic about a get getting that got mixed up, two different scenarios. Figure out who the author of the Mishnah there is as well. Let's begin. <clears throat> Mishnah Pevav Mud Aleph, about te- eight ten lines down the page. Okay, so we learned early in the Masechta, and just just to clarify, there are certain things that are required in Gittin on a Daraisa level and certain things that are required on a rabbinic level. Certainly, if there's a Psul Daraisa and she remarries and has children, the children are Mamzerim. We're dealing with three scenarios here that are kosher on a Daraisa level, only Pasal on a rabbinic level. So based on that, <coughs> we're going to say perhaps she shouldn't remarry. We'll see. We'll get into that. But if she would and, have ch- and has children, the children wouldn't be Mamzerim. Says the Mishnah, Shlosha Gitim Psulim, three Gitim are considered Psulim on a rabbinic level, invalid on a rabbinic level, Vimises Avlad Kosher. However, if she remarried and had children from the second union, the children would be considered acceptable. So, case number one, Kasav Biksav Yado, the husband wrote the get with his own handwriting, Ve'ain all of Edim, and there's no witnesses on it. So Rashi explains like this if there's no witnesses on it, According to a mayor who learned earlier in the Masech, a very important machlokas, what makes the get effective? According to a mayor, Karti, the signed witnesses inside make the get effective. So this Mishnah clearly seems to not be like Reb Meir because if there's no witnesses, that's a psulda araisa. It means v'chasam. It has to be legitimate signatures. You don't have that. Certainly, that wouldn't be acceptable. So this can't be the opinion of Reb Meir just to say this is possible on a rabbinic level. Secondly, it can't be Rebbe Lazar because he's going to be the seifa of this Mishnah, the end of this Mishnah. So Rashi says this must be a third opinion, and Rashi says the reason that it would be acceptable on a Torah level is since he wrote it himself, the husband, so you could include this in the Pasuk of Ikasa Venasan, writing it and giving it, because he did both of those actions. Granted, it wasn't signed, but Ikasa Venasan, he did both of those. Now, Rashi, there's a piece of Rashi here, which the Bach, one of the Mepharshim, take out not part of Rashi. But Rashi goes on to explain, perhaps it could be like Reb Meir, and the reason Rashi does this is because our Mishnah, our Gemara, is going to say, at least in one answer, that our Mishnah follows the opinion of Reb Meir. 
So perhaps her mayor, who generally holds you need witnesses signed inside of it, would concede that if the husband writes the get with his own handwriting, that it would be as if it was signed. Because once he's, he writes it himself, that's like 100 signatures in terms of giving it credibility. And perhaps that wouldn't be an issue necessarily that would invalidate the get in its entirety, and the children would be acceptable. So it could be fit in Ramirez's opinion as well. It's case number one, that he wrote it himself and there were no signatures. Case number two. So there were signatures, but there, were, there wasn't a date. Now we learned earlier in the Masechta, the Chachamim required dating in documents, the date, whatever day it is that the divorce took place, in order to avoid an issue of basachoso, which meant is that maybe a man's wife would be mezane, and in order to prevent her, he wants to save her from dying, he'll give her an open-ended get. She'll bring it out in court. Look, I was single then, so I'm not high of Misa. Basachosa means his niece. Maybe he was married to his niece. He would want to prevent her from dying. But the point is, that's a psul drabanan. So therefore, such a get would be puzzle on a rabbinic level. If she'd remarry, it would only be psul drabanan, the child would be kosher. Case number three, If it had a date in the document, but it doesn't, it only has one witness. So if it only has one witness, this would also be a psul drabanan. And Rashi explains, it's going to be two shittas in the Gemara, exactly how we interpret this. Um, we'll see in the Gemara on, on Pei Vavamud Beis. But either way, In all these three cases, the get will be puzzle on a rabbinic level. However, if she remarried following this get, which again, seemingly she shouldn't do, the child born of that union would be kosher. Because on a Doraisa level, the get's kosher. Now, Rabbi Yezer Omer, even if there's no, says Rabbi Lazar, even if there's no witnesses signed inside of it, but he gave it in front of witnesses to the woman, kosher, it's actually l'chatchila kosher, she can remarry l'chatchila. Now this is Rabbi Lazar, according to his shita, Rabbi Lazar holds, the ones that are important are the ones that are there witnessing the transaction. You don't need from the Torah witnesses to be signed inside of it, because he interprets the kasavla in the Torah to mean the writing has to be done l'shma. Not the signing. You don't need witnesses signing inside of it. And therefore, wit which witnesses actually make it effective? The Edim the ones that see the transaction. And if you have such a document that had witnesses uh, at the time of the transaction, you'd be allowed to collect from encumbered properties because you don't need the ones inside of it, signed inside of it for that purposes. Because witnesses only sign inside of a get, which is a rabbinic tigana olam establishment to, to help things, which Rashi explains is, it's only a rabbinic issue because they said maybe the Edim Mesira that are there witnessing the transaction are going to die, and then you won't have anybody to give validity to this get. But if you have people signed inside of it, you'll be able to track them down and validate it later. But the point is, Rebbe Lezer therefore is saying that as long as you have witnesses seeing the transaction, even if there's no witnesses signed inside of it, l'chatchila she could remarry, children are for sure kosher. Okay, now the Gemara says like this. We said in our Mishnah, these are three examples, very specific, where the get is puzzle, but the children born of the next union will be acceptable, because it's only rabbinically problematic. We're going to go through now three Mishnahists we've learned earlier in the Masechta and try to figure out why those are not incorporated in this category as well. They seem to be the same idea. The Sulekas, the Gemara says, are there not more examples where there's a Psul Drabanan, an invalidation of Drabanan, that could be incorporated in our Mishnah? Because Vahaika, we have question number one. On Ayin Tesimut Beis, we have the case of Get Yashan. Now what's Get Yashan? Get Yashan literally means an antiquated Get or an old Get. It means where he wrote a Get, he secluded with her before he gave it to her, and we said that's a psul on a rabbinic level because it's a concern. People will cast allegations against a child, maybe born later. 
But the point is, that's a soldier abundance. So why is that not included in the Mishnah? So the Gemara answers, Hasam Lotetze. No, in that case, if she received such a get like that, she would, and, and she remarried, she would not have to be divorced from the second union. But Hacha in our Mishnah, Tetze. She would have to be divorced from the union, the second union, if she, be, if she remarry after such a get was given to her, in three cases of our Mishnah. Gemara says, as we'll see later, So this would be a good distinction why Get Yashan is not included in our Mishnah. If you hold like the opinion later, which we'll see on Amud Beis, who says she would have to be divorced, so then you can make such a distinction. But according to the other opinion, who says later that in the cases of our Mishnah, she would not have to be divorced, so Get Yashan should be incorporated. So why is Get Yashan not included in our Mishnah? So the Gemara answers, Actually, when it comes to get yashan, an antiquated get, she could remarry lechatchila following receiving that get. Hacha diyevet. But in the case of our Mishnah, it's only after the fact. If she remarried, child will be kosher, but it's not lechatchila actually that she should remarry. Uh, that's not ideal. Okay. Question number two. get kereach. We had the case of get kereach and pe'alaf mudbeis. Get kereach was where we had the special type of get called get mekushar, which required many folds, like in, in not a, not the ordinary get that was just a normal shoot a simple get. And we said in that case, if one of the folds didn't have a signature, so it's possible on a rabbinic level, we said even you could fill it in with psulim, general people who are not kosher, but the point is, that's a psul drabanan also. Why isn't that included in our Mishnah? So the Gemara answer is, Hasma Vlad Mamzer. There, if she'd remarry after receiving what's called get kerech, a bald get literally, the child born of the next union will be a Mamzer. But over here, the child would be kosher. So therefore, it's not included in our Mishnah because it's a different category. Asks the Gemara, this works out if you, you could say this answer according to a mayor. Let's read the brackets. Because he says, when you change the format that the Chachamim require with Gitin, the child born of the next union will be considered a Mamzer. But according to the Rabbanon, who disagree, and they say, <coughs> even if you change the format, the child would be kosher afterwards. So Michael Amemar. So why isn't it included in our Mishnah? So the Gemara answers, Hasam Tetzay. No, in the case of Get Kereach, if she remarried, she'd have to be divorced from the second union. But in our Mishnah, you would not have to be divorced. The Gemara says again, According to the opinion we'll see later, who says that she would not have to be divorced. So then you can make this distinction between Get Kerech and our Mishnah, why it's not included. But according to the opinion who says that she'll be divorced in this, in the cases of our Mishnah too, Michael Amemar. So why isn't Get Kerech incorporated in our Mishnah? So the Gemara answers, Mekushar Lokamairi. Okay, so the Gemara says, we didn't include Get Kerech in our Mishnah because Get Kerech is a very unique case talking about a distinct kind of get called get mikushar, which is this get that requires many folds, etc. That's not a normal get. We're only talking about normal get in, like get pshuta, normal get in our Mishnah, and that's why it's not incorporated, get kereach in our Mishnah. Fine. Question number three. V'ha'ika shlom malchus. And I in Testament Beis, we had a Mishnah that taught us that in order for a get to be kosher, you need the date. And if you write the date based on a different kingdom, Usually the way they did it was they would write three years of Joe Biden. If you wrote three years of, uh, I don't know, of uh, what's another leader in the world? Donald Trump. Donald Trump. The problem is, right. So Shlom Malchus would say, that's also up sold And we said it would be possible on a rabbinic level because there's an issue you don't want to create enmity within the government that you're living in. So why isn't that incorporated in our Mishnah? Gemara answered, Hasam No, there, if she would remarry following such a get, she'd have to be divorced. Here she would not have to be. Again, the same shock of a tari. 
So then that's a good distinction. If you hold like the opinion we'll say later, she doesn't have to be divorced if she'd remarry with these three gittin. But according to the other opinion who says she would be divorced, they should be the same. So the Gemara tries to say, Hasma Vlad Mamzer. Over there, in the case of Shlom Malchus, that's a significant change. So therefore, since the child will be a mamzer born of the next union that's not incorporated in our Mishnah, Havlad Kosher, because these are cases that it's not a significant change, the child would be kosher, born of the second union. Hani Chalurbi Meyers, that only works out according to a mayor. He holds the child will be a mamzer of the next union, so that's why it's not included in our Mishnah. But according to the Rabbanan who say the child wouldn't be so why is that case of Shlom Malchus not incorporated in our Mishnah? So the Gemara answers, okay, Mokim Luk, Rabbi Meir. This Tana who says Teitze would have to say that our Mishnah follows the opinion of Rabbi Meir, and therefore Vahasam Avlad Mamzer. In the case of Shlom Malchus, with that change where you date it by a foreign government, or not by the government you're in, the child would be a mamzer because that's a significant change. Here the child would be kosher. Now I just want to point out, this is where Rashi that we quoted above that the Bach takes out kicks in, because it would come out that Rabbi Meir holds, if you make a change from the format the Chachamim required in Gittin, child is a mamzer. This is not considered a change in these three cases, because since the husband wrote it, it's as if there were signatures inside of it as well. That's what Rashi would have to address here. Now the Gemara says, We said in the Mishnah, three Gittin are psulin, and if she remarries, the child is kosher. We said it in the beginning and the end of the Mishnah. So why does it say it twice? Obviously, it's excluding something or teaching us something. So, The number in the beginning of the Mishnah excludes those cases that we just said, meaning to say that our Mishnah is like Reb Meir, and since our Mishnah is like Reb Meir, in those cases, like, let's say, Shlom Malchus, for example, where you didn't write it by the appropriate kingdom, so the child born of the next union actually be a mamzer. But this is not considered a significant change, as I explained, because his handwriting makes it that it's as if it was uh, signed properly. Now, and the number at the end where it re-emphasizes these three and not anymore emphasizes to highlight that the Bryce we're about to teach is accurate. Titania, as the Bryce teaches, one who brings a get from overseas. So he gave the get to the woman, but he didn't say the proper language Chazal require, which is it was written and signed in front of me. So Meir says, since he didn't fulfill Takanas Chazal, even though the get was written properly, he just didn't do the procedure properly. The child born of the next union will be a mamzer. So our mission is emphasizing these are kosher, excluding that to say that actually the Meir is accurate that Bryce is accurate so as to say child to be a mamzer even the procedure wasn't done properly but Chacham disagree they say child's not a mamzer it's only a, a rabbinic issue and therefore it's not a mamzer so Kate said Yase what should be done in that case you should take it back and re-give the get tour in front of two people it means it's not considered a major issue you could redo it but it's not actually a major issue that would make the child into a mamzer either way the second number in our mission is to emphasize that that price is accurate even though the procedure was the only issue still Reb Meir would say that's a change from the requirements of Chazal and the child will be a mamzer okay let's move on to the second section now <clears throat> we're going to discuss now the extent of the psulim Clarify the cases of our Mishnah. Okay, Kasav Iksavyadova Inalav Adam. So just let's recap. We have three cases in our Mishnah that are considered Psulam Drabanan. Case number one, husband wrote it with his handwriting and there weren't witnesses. Case number two, there were witnesses, but there was no date. Case number three, there was a date, but there was only one uh, signature. So says Rav. 
Amar Rav, Rav comments, and we're going to have to figure out what he's commenting on, but Rav commented, It had to be written with his handwriting. So the says, Hi, well, which case of the three is Rav referring to? If he's referring to the first case of our Mishnah, well, the first case of our Mishnah said he wrote it. Pshita, Katani. The Mishnah says he wrote it. So of course it's where he wrote it. So ve'ela amitziyasa. Maybe he's referring to the second case. Now the second case was where you had witnesses. So Hariyah Shalavein, the Gemara says, you don't need it to be that he wrote it. The child's going to be kosher even without his writing it because there's two signatures inside of it. Ela seifa. This is the point. It's going in the third case of the Mishnah. What was the third case of our Mishnah? There's a date in the, in the get, and there's only one witness on it. Turn to Pevav Mudbez. So what Rav is commenting is saying like this. Since you only have one signature, it's only going to be that the child born of the next union will be kosher if the husband wrote it along with that one signature. But if the sofer wrote it, and then you only had one signature, lo, the child born of the next union will not be kosher. Actually, it'll be considered a mamzer. So Rav's opinion is the only time one signature will make a get effective enough that the child born of the next union is kosher is if the husband himself wrote it. But if the sofer wrote it and it was one signature, child born of the next union is puzzle, is his mamzer. Shmuel Amashmuel argues on Rav, and he says, no, if you look, Sav Sofer, even if you had the Sofer himself wrote it, and there was one signature on it, the child would still be considered kosher. That's how he interprets the Mishnah. And how does he know this? Because you have a Mishnah later on, Pezayin and Beis, which we quoted earlier in the Masechta. And the Mishnah says, Kosher. It says if the Sofer wrote it and there's one witness, it's acceptable. So you see clearly, even with the Sofer's handwriting and one witness, that the get's considered acceptable, child will be kosher. Rav says back, that's not a good raya, that's not a good proof. But Rav Midami, Rav says, is that comparable? In that Mishnah Pezayin, we're going to learn, she can actually remarry lechatchila with that, with that document, with that get. But our mission is only implying you can remarry B'dievet. So Rashi explains, how can you marry L'Chatchila? So there was the opinion of Rabbi Yirmiya, which Rav is following. We're not talking about where the, the Sofer just wrote the get. He actually signed in the get as well. So therefore, what do you have over there? One witness plus the Sofer signed in it as well, which means you have two witnesses. That's why it's L'Chatchila over there. But over here, you're talking about a scenario where he just wrote it. If he just wrote it, child will be a mamzer. Unless the husband wrote it, then the child would be acceptable. The Shmuel, Shmuel did not learn the Mishnah there in Pezayin like Rabbi Yirmiya. He learned the Sofer wrote it himself. Well, if the Sofer wrote it himself, then what's the difference between that Mishnah and our Mishnah in Pevav Muralif? Why is it there L'Chatchila she could remarry and here it's only B'dievet? So he says Lokashya. No problem. When we're talking about a professional scribe, and Rashi says, since he's a professional scribe, for certainty, he only would write this get if the husband commanded him directly to write it. So there she can remarry Lechatila because we know for sure this was done properly. And our Mishnah is where it's an unprofessional scribe. So there it's only B'dievet if she remarried, but the child would not be a mamzer even if the sofer himself wrote it and there was only one witness. So we have such a machlokis now. Rav says if the sofer wrote it and there was one signature or the moms, the child would be a mamzer born of the next union, Shmuel says that would also be a child that would be kosher. The Chenom Rav Yochan, Rav Yochan unfollowed like Rav, 
that which is Ksav Yado Shaninu, is that it has to be where he wrote it himself. Amalei Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar said to Rabbi Yochan, and he thought Rabbi Yochan was referring to the second case of our Mishnah, where, where there were already witnesses. says, why, why do you need the husband to write it if there's other witnesses on it? So Amalei Rabbi Yochan responded, I'm referring to the third case of the Mishnah, where the husband has to write it along with one witness in order for it to be acceptable that the child born of the next year will be kosher, exactly like Rav explained. Okay, let's move on to this. Now, next point in this section, meaning the clarification of divorce. In these three cases, if she would remarry, does she need to be divorced or not? So we brought this in the questions on the previous Amud. Now we're going to actually show the source of the debate. Zimnin Amarav Teitzei. Zimnin Amarav Lo Teitzei. Sometimes Rav would say, if she would remarry after receiving this get, that she would have to be divorced from that union. And sometimes he would say she does not have to be. So, okay, it's not, so obviously there are different scenarios, but what, how do we understand this discrepancy? So the Gemara explains like this. Rav's opinion is, Yesh Labanim, if she bore children from that second union, lo teitze. Since it's only a psoldrabban in this get, we're not going to force her to be divorced from that second union if she had children. Why? Because if we would force her to be divorced, people will say, why are they forcing her to be divorced? It must be that the children are mamzerim because it was ashes ish. But since it's only a psoldrabbanan, we're not going to force that divorce if she's already had children with the second union. In Labanim, however, she didn't have children from the second union, Tate say we will force her to be divorced because at the end of the day, the get was puzzled on a rabbinic level. Marzutra asked a question against Rav from Mishnah and Yevamos. We remember this halacha. The halacha is, is if a man's married to two women, one of them is an erva to his brother. So let's say one of them is the daughter of his brother. He dies. The fact that the daughter falls to Yibam invalidates the other one, the tsara, the co-wife, as well. We're going to deal with in this Mishnah a scenario where it was a suffix if the deceased husband was married to the erva or not. Now, the suffix will create a reality that the tzara requires yibam or chalitza misuffik. Because if the erva was married to the deceased husband, the brother cannot receive, cannot give yibam or chalitza. She right. Then she does require yibam or chalitza. So let's see that inside. The Mishnah says, Any of the arayas that had a suffix kedushin, a doubtful kedushin with the deceased husband, or suffix gerushin, or a suffix divorce, So then the tzara, the co-wife, needs to receive chalitza because maybe the erva was actually married, but she can't receive yibum because maybe she wasn't married. Excuse me, she needs chalitza because maybe she wasn't married. So she requires, the erva was not married to her deceased husband, but she requ- can't receive yibum because maybe she was and there's no mitzvah of yibum altogether. So the Mishnah there explains, Ketzad, Safik Kiddushin. What's the case of Safik Kiddushin? Zarak la Kiddushin, if the husband, the deceased husband, had thrown Kiddushin to this erva, meaning not to him, but to the erva of his brother, Safik Karav La, Safik Karav La, and it was a doubt if it was closer to her or closer to him, Zeo Safik Kiddushin, that's the case of a doubtful Kiddushin. Safik Gerushin, what's the case of a doubtful Gerushin? Divorce, the three cases of our Mishnah. Kasavik Savyado, he wrote it with his handwriting, Ve'en with only one witness. Two, Yeshel Ve'en Ve'en Bozman, there were witnesses on it, but there wasn't a date. And three, Yesh Bozman Ve'en Bo'el Echad, there was a date, but there was only one one signature in it. These are all suffix gerushin. So Rashi explains they're not actually suffix, but rather they're pustle in a rabbinic level, kosher on a daraisa level. Based on that, we're going to say is the erva would, to a degree, pustle exempt the co-wife. Co-wife needs to receive chalitza and not yibum. But now this is Marzutra's point. V'i Amrit says Marzutra, but if what you're saying is true, lo that there are scenarios that we will not force them to be divorced because it'll cast dispersions against the children if she had kids already following the divorce with these three gitin. So the problem is, 
Once you're saying she could stay, Sarasa Asiliavume. So what is what are you implying by saying she could stay with a second marriage? You're implying that the get was effective. But once you imply that it's effective, that means that the original deceased husband was disconnected from the erva. Then the co-wife might end up doing yibum with his brother. So you shouldn't allow them to stay so as to be concerned that maybe in the case we just mentioned where there's a suffix Gerishin, that the co-wife will eventually do yibum. So the Gemara answers, okay, tesiavim, let her do yibum. It's not such a big deal. Because really on a daraisa level, those are effective gitin. So therefore, even if she does yibum, you're only overriding a rabbinic panel, a rabbinic issue, not a bad thing, and therefore we're going to say over here, Lotetze, like Rav said, because you want to prevent the children from being castigated. From being, but the Yibam, she does over there, not the worst thing. Yibam is a Yibam is a exactly. It's probably better to violate the Durabanan to do the Durabanan. Yeah, true. Yeah? True. Yeah, and no, I agree. This is all in Rav. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, Rav holds, in, with regards to these three Gitin, if she remarried and she had kids, She'll stay with that husband. Okay, comes along Levi. Levi Omar, lo'olam lo'teitze. No. If she remarried, she lo'teitze, across the board, lo'teitze. So Levi says whether she's had kids, she hasn't had kids, it doesn't make a difference. Lo'olam lo'teitze, she's never going to be divorced. She's always going to remain with that second husband. Since Absuld Rabbanan, keep her with her husband. Mechinam Rabbi Yochanan, lo'olam lo'teitze, Rabbi Yochanan supports Levi. She'll never be divorced from that second husband. Mechinam Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Chalafta de Minhuna, similarly said, Mechinam, sorry, Mechinam Rabbi Yochanan, uh, and Rabbi Yochanan said to the children of Rabbi Chalafta from Huna, your father told me two things. If she remarried after receiving one of these three gitin, she'll stay with the second husband across the board. And the second point he said, your father told me, which is unrelated, but when it comes to this uh, insect that's inside of the bundles of grain, some sort of a locust or fly, it does not invalidate the waters of the paraduma. So the halacha is, is that if animals drink from the paraduma waters, there's some spitback that comes out of their mouths after it came in. What's that? And it makes it, it makes it puzzle, it invalidates. But this creature, when it drinks from the waters, it only drinks, it doesn't spit back, so it won't invalidate paraduma waters. Now this is an unrelated halacha, obviously. So now the Gemara wants to analyze this. My cart says, what is this creature? Amrabaye did visa. It's some sort of a large uh, locust or fly. The Benikibi that's between the bundles. So Masiv Rav Daniel Barav Ketina Kol Oifes Poislim B'Mechata. So Rav Daniel Bar Ketina said, but one second, we have a Mishnah in Par that seems to contradict this because the Mishnah says all the birds would invalidate Parah Duma waters if they drank from them because there's some spit back. Chutz Minayona besides for a dove Neshem Otsetes because it only absorbs, it sucks in the water, it doesn't spit it out. So the Gemara says Vim Isa, but if what you're saying is true that there's this other creature also Nesni Chutz Miyona V'Kartzis, it should include the Kartzis in that as well. So the Gemara says. It didn't include it because it's not so clear cut. Because a large kartis, a large creature like this, doesn't spit back the uh, waters of the chatasin and won't invalidate them. But a small one will, so that's why it didn't incorporate in that Mishnah as it wasn't clear cut. The Gemara says, well, how large does it have to be in order for it to be considered not invalidating it if it drinks in the Paraduma waters? Until the size of a kezayis. Means if it's small, until the size of a kezayis, it would still invalidate the waters of the chatas, the mechat, the paraduma waters, if it drank from it, because there would be some uh, spit back. There would be some that it puts back into it. If it's larger, because ayas are larger, you don't have to worry about that. 
Okay, let's move on to the third section now. <clears throat> now, we had in our Mishnah, Rebbe Lazar, and Rebbe Lazar Omer, Afalpi, even though there were no Ede Chasima, no signatures, witnesses signed inside of it, as long as you have Ede Mesira, people who see the transaction, the get is totally kosher, she can remarry Lechatchila, which is Rebbe Lazar's opinion, this Mesechta, Ede Mesira Karti. Belazar holds that when it says Vikasavla in the Torah, it means you need the Ksiva, the writing to be done Lushma. You don't need signatures inside of it, and therefore the witnesses who see the transaction create the effectivity of the get. Omar of Yehuda Marav, Halacha Krabalazar Begitin, the Halacha is like Rabalazar regarding Gitin. Now the emphasis here is specifically regarding Gitin. Rav seemed to say that regarding other documents, however, you would actually need witnesses signed inside of it. And Rashi points out it's based on a Pasuk, because the Pasuk says in Yermia, Vikasu Besefer Vachasom write in the document, other types of documents, and sign. So it seems to be the Lachazek Rebbe Lazar, by Gitin specifically, the witnesses who see the transaction make it effective, but other ones you would require the witnesses signed inside of it. said When I said that in front of Shmuel, Omar Af Bishar Shmuel disagreed, and he said, also other documents we say that you don't need witnesses signed inside of it, you only need the witnesses seeing the transaction, like Rebbe Lazar said, and the Pasuk in Yermia was just advice that he was saying, it's good advice, that Tikkun Olam make sure people sign inside of it, but it's not necessary. Says the Gemara of Rav Savarishtaris, does Rav really hold in general documentation? You don't need signatures inside of it. Hakatani, uh, meaning you only need Edi Mesira, but the Mishnah says, Rebelezer says, Our Mishnah says, Rebelezer says, if you have a document that had Edi Mesira, witnesses see the transaction, you could collect from encumbered properties. So Rashi points out over here, well, what type of encumbered properties do you have regarding Gitin? The Allah is, we're learning Ksuvis, if a woman pulls out a get but she doesn't have the Ksuva, she could collect her Ksuva from encumbered properties because we could assume that there was a proper divorce and she just hadn't received the ksuva yet. But the point is, what do you see? This is like Shar Stars. This is like general documentation. And you see, yet Rebelez are also paskins. All you need is the witnesses of the transaction. So how could Rav say we don't paskin that way by general documentation? So the Gemara answers, Rebelez are tarti Amar. Right, Rebbe Lazar holds both. Rebbe Lazar himself holds, you only need Edi Mesira, the witnesses who see the transaction for Gitin, as well as general documentation. But for Rav, Rav agrees with him regarding Gitin, but he disagrees. When it comes to general documentation, you also need the witnesses signed inside of it. Similar idea, Rabbi Yaakov Ba'idi said there, Yeshua ben Levi, Allah is like Rabbi Lazar with Gitin, that you need Edi Mesira, you don't need the witnesses signed inside of it. Rabbi Yanei goes the other way. Rabbi Yanei says if you only had Edei Mesira, those who see the transaction, it doesn't even have Reach HaGet. Reach HaGet, we learned earlier, Isha Grusha Isha. We learned that when a get is given and it's somewhat effective, it causes there to become puzzle to kahuna. If there's only Edei Mesira, we so don't pass them like Rabbi Lazar, she's not even puzzle to kahuna yet. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yanei, Leslie, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Yanei disagree with Rabbi Lazar? So Gomer, this is what Rabbi Yanei is saying. The Rabbanan who disagree with Rabbi Lazar, who say you do need witnesses signed inside of it, such a get will be completely disqualified, and she's not even disqualified from kahuna through this get. Regarding Gitin, 
Rabbi Yochanan Amar Afilu Reich Haget Einbo. Rabbi Yochanan said like the prior sheet, which was there's no Reich Haget even, which means that this is completely disqualified. She's not psula from Kahuna because this get doesn't have any validity to it. So the Gemara says Leima Rabbi Yochanan less Leid Rabbi Lazar. It seems like Rabbi Yochanan doesn't agree with Rabbi Lazar. So the Gemara says again, no Hachika Amar the Rabbanan Afilu Reich Haget Einbo. According to the Rabbanan who disagree with Rabbi Lazar, the Tanakam of our Mishnah, this would be completely an invalid get. So she's not psula to Kahuna through this get. Okay, <clears throat> now the Gemara tells us <clears throat> to sum this up. Shalach le Rabbi Abba Bar Zavda Lamari Bar Mar. Rabbi Abba Bar Zavda sent a message to Mari Bar Mar. Ask Rav Huna, What's the psak? When it comes to Gitin, do we pass in like Rabbi Lazar, you only need witnesses of the transaction, or not, you need witnesses signed inside? So again, Rav, Rav Abba Bar Zavda sent this message to Mari Barmar, ask Rav Huna. As they, this was occurring, Rav Huna had passed away. So Amr le Rabba Bray, so Rabba, the son of Rav Huna, sent a message back. My father said, Rav Huna said in the name of Rava, the halacha is like Rav Lazar regarding Gitin. You need Ede Mesira, witnesses of the transaction, not of the signing. And the rabbis that were uh, uh, professional in the matter, proficient in the matter, they said, Halacha Mishum Rabbeinu, excuse me, Dvar Halacha. And the rabbis that were proficient in the areas of Halacha, Mishum Rabbeinu, in the name of Rav Amr, they said, Halacha Kareb Lazar Begitin, also Halacha Zakar Lazar in regards to Gitin, to Amr Rav Chama Bar Gurya, Amr Rav, because Rav Chama Bar Gurya, that's the Rabbisena, Bikim Bedavar, Dvar Halacha. That was the rabbis that were proficient. He said, in the name of Rav, Amr Rav, Halacha Kareb Lazar Begitin, Halacha Zakar Rav, and Rabbi Lazar in regards to Gitin. Ekidami, a second version was a little bit different, which was, Bechavirenu Abikim Bedvar Halacha. The, our friends that are exceptional in the areas of halacha, which Rashi says is Rav Chizna, as we'll see in a moment, the Talmidei Rabbeinu and the students of Rav, Mishum Rabbeinu, in the name of Rav said, Amru Halacha, Kid Rabbi Lazar, Begitin, that the halacha is like Rabbi Lazar regarding Gitin, you need a Mesira, the witnesses of the transaction, not of the signing. Amru Chizna, Amru Chizna, Amru Chizna, Amru Rav, Halacha, Kid Rabbi Lazar, Begitin, the halacha is like Rabbi Lazar regarding Gitin. V'chein, he also Rav, and Amru Rabbi Lazar, Amru Rav, Halacha, Kid Rabbi Lazar, Begitin, so this seems to be the psak, and this really sums it up for the entire masechta. Is that it seems like we paskin that when it comes to the effectivity of a get, you need there to be signat- You don't need signatures. You just need witnesses to see the transaction. Okay, let's start the fourth section. We'll just start the new mishnah now, and this mishnah deals with the following scenario. You have some sort of a confusion between two gitin. We have two cases in the mishnah here. Shnayim gitin shavin. Okay, so you had two people that sent two gitin that were exactly the same. So they were both. Uh, Reuven ben uh, Yosef divorcing Leah bas Rachel, whatever it was. Meaning the point is, two Gitin were being sent to two women where the husbands had the same names, the same cities. It was exactly the same. Okay, Venis Arvu, those two Gitin got mixed together. So now you don't know which one goes to which woman. So the halacha is, no sin shnehem lezu v'shnehem lezu. You give both of them to each of the women. And therefore, they'll both be divorced. You know that one of them was the effective one. Therefore, if one of them was lost, the second one has no validity. Meaning, if one of those two gitin got lost, you don't know that the remainder one is for either which of those two women it was for, so it wouldn't be an effective divorce if you would give it to each of them because you don't know you need both. Exactly. That's case number one. Case number two. 
Now we get very creative. So you have one long get, and it's one long text. And in the middle of it, there were five people that wrote as part of the general text of the get, Ish ploni megarish plonis, Uven's divorcing Leah, Uploni plonis, Shimon's divorcing Rachel, and then witnesses are signed below. Kulan Ksherin, they're all acceptable. So you have one format of the get, and then it says, Reuven using this get will be divorcing Leah, Shimon's divorcing Rachel, all of the names that are necessary for five different people. What's that? Yeah, exactly. Kulan Ksherin, all of them would be acceptable. But you have to give the get to each of the five women. Okay. That's where one text incorporates all of the five people. But let's say you had the text of the get written five times. So five times over, and then witnesses are signed below. So now the problem is, the signatures are really only attributable to the last get that was written. Because really, meaning all five of them are written on one piece of paper, but it's five times the text. So the one that it's connected to, I mean the bottom of the get that there's signatures, it'll be connected to the fifth of the five. So the one that the signatures are, writ, are read with would be acceptable, and the other ones would be invalid. Says the Gemara, Mantana. Who's the Tana of the Reisha? Who holds that you can give this get to both women that, uh, meaning when you have the two gitin that are written with the same names, etc., you can give both to each of the women, and then they'll be <coughs> divorced. So the Gemara says, um, Omar Yes, Rabbi is the first answer. This seems to be not like Rabbi Lazar. So Rashi explains this is like this. Rabbi Meir holds Edechasim Akarti. The signatures that are signed inside of it are acceptable. They make the get acceptable. So it could be like Rabbi Meir because they were signed with the right intention, etc. Lishma, no problem. But when you're giving them over, according to Rabbi Lazar, that's the, the Edemisira is what makes it effective. But the Edemisira here, they don't know which of the two actually is divorcing her. So therefore, there's a lack of clarity at the time of the transaction, and therefore it can't be like Rabbi Lazar, and it wouldn't be acceptable. The Rabbi Lazar, even the Amr Edi Mesira Karti, because according to Rabbi Lazar, who says Edi Mesira, the witnesses who see the transaction Karti make the get effective, they don't know which of these two gitin is actually causing the effect of the divorce. Since Rabbi Lazar holds when it says Vikasavla in the Torah, you don't need the Chasimos to be done lishma, the Ksiva needs to be done lishma. So therefore, in this case, where the Mesira, that's the witnesses who create effectivity. They don't know which one is necessarily, with a clarity, that's the one that would make her divorced. This wouldn't be effective. So our Mishnah wouldn't be like Rabbi Lazar. He wouldn't allow this. Abaye Omar Abai disagrees in premise. He says like this, Our Mishnah could be like Rabbi Lazar. Because it's true. Rabbi Lazar requires the writing to be done lishma. That's true. So when it was written, it was done lishma. It was written for her, no problem. But nisina lishma mi boy, does he require that it's given, it's given lishma? It has to be given in front of witnesses. That's true. But even if it's not so clear which of the two gitin is divorcing her, as long as we have witnesses seeing the transaction of the two gitin, that would also be acceptable. And therefore, this could be like Rabbi Lazar as well. Okay, we're going to stop here at the bottom of Pay Vav Mud Bays, Vizra Shim will pick up tomorrow with Pay Zai and everybody have a wonderful day.